Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Review Show. I'm hosting this week, my name is Dave, and I'm joined by Chris. Hello Dave. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. I'm still suffering my foot, but uh, I'm getting there slowly. Yeah, we've done a bit of a bit of squad rotation this week. Um, as Chris is, is suffering a bit, he, uh, he wanted me to host. So this is like when when a manager has like a, a sore throat and they send like Jody Morris to the press conference. <laughs> oh, you're much better than my Jody Morris, Dave. I mean, no one wants to be compared to Jody Morris, really. <laughs> For many reasons, which we'll knock it into. So we might be in a different formation, but it's the same format. So let's start with, uh, it was a Friday night game, uh, Sheffield United and West Ham. Did you see this, Chris? I did, unfortunately. I wasn't going to watch it because Friday night watching Sheffield United isn't my idea of fun. But then I realised I didn't have anything else to do because I'm stuck on the sofa. Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously the, the the main talking point here we'll, we'll come on to, but uh, Sheffield United won one nil. Um, Ollie McBurney scored one of the worst goals of the weekend in that <laughs> West Ham's sub keeper who looks great compared to Roberto, but looks terrible compared to Fabianski. He's kind of like in the, like in no man's land in the middle of the three keepers. Um, gave the ball away from a goal kick of all things, and uh, McBurney tried his best to miss what was essentially an open goal. He he, he put it through him, didn't he? Like yeah. it literally went. There's another occasion. Well, no, I think the 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 um the Burnley game. There was an incident where the goalkeeper just literally disintegrated into atom, in atoms or something. And the ball went through them. It was it was a strange one. Yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been the best weekend for goalkeepers. Um, and of course the. The game was terrible. Let's be honest. Like there was, there was nothing in it really. Um, it felt like it was always going to be decided by a mistake of some sort. Um, and then in injury time, it looked like West Ham had equalised. You know, David Moyes was practically Mourinho and down the touchline. Uh, and then it turns out that Declan Rice had used his hand. Um, what's your take on this? I mean, it, we've kind of had this before, where if it hits your hand in, towards a goal, it's handball, and that's just the way it is. And unless you're a Liverpool player, unless you're a Liverpool player, which we'll, yeah. we'll touch on <laughs> when, we, when we get to that game. But um, it, it's kind of again, the rule is the rule. It's been in place since since August. Um, it's happened so many times now. I don't see how you can still get mad about it. But West Ham, well, Declan Rice in particular was very mad about it. Yeah, it's just annoying, isn't it? Because if VAR wasn't there, that goal stands. So that's why VAR get to kicking over it. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that, and um, but you know, the thing is, we've seen other other instances where the ball, because the handball rule has changed a lot now. Anyway, apparently this rule where if it hits your hand in the build up to a goal, that's been there for quite a while. It's 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 not even a new rule this season. It's been there quite a while, but obviously it hasn't been highlighted because refs are missing them, and then VAR's pulling them back. 
Oh, right, okay. Like happened in this instance. The handball rule has changed this season down to like you have to be in an unnatural shape and it can't be played on and whatever. But if you what like with the Declan Rice one, there was absolutely nothing he could do about it. It was played on to him from less than a yard away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's And you've seen those not given. I'm fairly certain they'll look at this over the over the summer or whenever they next, you know, meet about the, the rules and things because it is ludicrous. Like it's not a handball anywhere else on the field, mm-hmm. um, and it's not like it was on the goal line either. Like there was an awful lot of play happened. But I, I kind of understand it if someone like spikes the ball in with the hand, like Calvert Lewin yeah. did. Um, you know that that's handball. It's directly resulting in a goal. Yeah. But when it happens, you know, twenty five yards from goal, and then plays a pass. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. If if Snodgrass had a handballed it and then put it in, fair enough. But in the build up play, you know, that far away, I think I think they go. They're not. Go- like we'll go back to the Liverpool one with Van Dyke the other week. They didn't go back that far to check Van Dyke's handball. They were checking Lalana's, weren't they, when he chests it down? Yes, yeah. The other week, but they didn't go all the way back and check Virgil Van Dyke's first first ball to Lalana. So, but then in this one, they do. They went all the way back to uh, the halfway line when Declan Rice won the ball. Yeah. It, it... I mean, how much of the, of the fun of watching the Premier League has has been sucked out of it for you? Loads, lo- yeah. loads. Like uh, you, you watch a goal be scored, and the fact that players don't celebrate now, I know, it, and stuff like that is is ridiculous. It's sad how um, how we've managed, how much they've managed to mess this up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, on the one hand, you know, all they're doing is applying the rules, but do we have to have VAR off every single rule? Like it's. There's got to be a, a better happy medium than what we've got now. Mm. But is this happening in other leagues? You know, and we've spoken about it a few times now. How VAR is being used everywhere. It was used in the World Cup, and I don't remember any of this. I don't remember players scoring goals in the World Cup and then st- stopping to wait. No, that's very true. I mean, and everything like that. I mean, there was you know the odd. Well, actually, the thing about it, the World Cup, it was more more about penalties that were given that shouldn't have been. Everyone was worried that was going to uh, going to ruin the game, or it was going to be ten penalties a match. You hardly get a penalty now. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you know they've checked for offside, if they've checked there's been any handballs, and if they've checked you know this, that, and the other, um, it's uh, it hasn't really turned out that way at all. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's it's been strange. It is odd, but of course, you know, World Cups under FIFA rule, and we've got the FA rule, and so whether whether some differences there or not. Maybe I say because even Chris Wilder didn't agree with the decision. And it would have cut it, you know, it saved his point, his team two points. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't agree with anything, does he? Like, <laughs> he seems one of those people who goes out of his way to disagree with what's happened, just be <laughs> just be different. But um, I'm also just, you know, to go back to the football itself. I'm sick of hearing about how good Sheffield United are to watch because I've watched them a few times now. We've all been really unlucky with their TV picks. They're not a good watch. Like they're not. They don't have many shots or anything, do they? No, they just seem to be very like up and at them, and you know it's it's, it's reasonable. And they, you know I can't argue they deserve to be where they are because they, they've won a lot of points. Um, but I'm not having that they're some sort of Brazil 1970-esque team. Like these overlapping centre backs don't seem to uh, <laughs> be the, uh, the the big ticket item they're supposed to be. Yeah, they, they, I, I think I'm sure I saw somewhere it might have been on Friday when they mentioned it. I think that like, they've got one of the lowest shots on goal. In in the league, and stuff like that. I can sit there, what in the top eight still? I imagine, um, but yeah, no, that they're not. They're not a good. They're not. They're not a good team to watch. They got Ollie McBurney up front for God's sake, Dave, and David McGoldrick is still starting. And he still hasn't scored, was he? <laughs> no, how? How? <laughs> 
I don't have an answer. I mean, Sheffield United is sixth, which, you know, fair play. That's some achievement on your first season back, but uh, I, I don't really know how. They, they have 24 goals. Um, you look at the teams around them. Obviously, Man United, Chelsea got more than by somewhere. Wolves got seven more than them. Spurs, 12 more than them. Um, I don't know how they're doing it. I really don't. Well, I, I, they're, I, I they're do know. They're grinding out one nils. Yeah, they have, I think they have the, mo- the joint most clean sheets now. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, yeah. With Leicester, I think it is. Yeah, it's you know they're, they're getting results. You can't you can't argue with it. That's true. So, where do you think they're going to finish? Are they, is, is sixth really where they're going to finish, or can you see them falling away a little bit? I, I imagine you know like Watford did last season. Like Watford kind of sat up a little bit into like fifth, sixth, seventh for a while, yeah. and then towards they got to the cup final, didn't they? And then they, I think they finished twelfth in the end. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine it'll be something similar. West Ham have a tendency to do this usually. Uh, you know. Prop up the prop up the, the European places, but then drift off to the, towards the end. It depends if it, that what if they invest as well. They do seem to have a, a small squad. You know, Walder picks the same team for, for practically every game. You know, they, they they lost their last two games, and he's he's stuck with the um stuck with the, the same Premier League team this this weekend as well. So, well, we'll see what is to come for them then. But uh, on the Saturday, and your good pals, Arsenal. Hey. Got us underway with um, a 1-1 draw at Crystal Palace. Um, Arsenal took the lead through Aubameyang. Uh, Jordan Ayew equalised with... I mean, I don't even think it's his goal, to be honest. It looked like it took several deflections. but Yeah, it took, it, 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 I think he hit the same player twice. Yeah, it was a bit, bit weird, wasn't it? Uh, and then Aubameyang was sent off for... What didn't look like that bad attack in real time, but as it gets slower and you see the still images of how Max Meyer's ankle ends up... Um, it looked like a, a kind of a, a less harsh red card by the time they'd reviewed it on VAR. Just striker's tackle in it. Yeah, I, I don't think for one minute he's gone in to try and hurt him by any means. It was just a very, a very lazy kind of uh, kind of tackle. Which, I, I mean, there's probably an argument for saying if Maya doesn't end up with his ankle underneath his body like he did, it probably wouldn't have been a red card. Yeah, it 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 it's weird. Like we saw uh, last was it last weekend when Lacazette should have been sent off and wasn't. For kicking out, yeah, yeah, you know, the, there was that. There's another tackle that I'll probably talk about later on that I, you know, certain people don't believe is that is it a red card when it probably should have been. Uh, I'm not going to argue that he should have been said that it was a red card. It's one of those. Some referees give it, some don't. Obviously, this the referee in this, the game didn't give it. He, he gave a yellow card, so he definitely saw it. Um, but yeah, VAR decided now it's foul play. Did you watch this on BT Sport? I did, but I'll be honest. I was on that many painkillers. I fell asleep, wow. so I I saw. I didn't see a man get sent off at uh, the time. I I then rewound and flicked through it so on Saturday afternoon. So so he got booked, and uh, they went to Peter Walton, who was like the oh in studio referee. I, I, he's just white noise to me. I, I don't yeah. listen to anything he says because so he's like, so pointless. So he was like, ah, yeah, you know, not the best tackle, but a yellow card's probably fair. And then they went to VAR for a couple of minutes, sent them off, and they went back to Peter Walton. He's like, "Ah, oh, yes, well, on further, yeah, red card. On yeah, further yeah, inspection, yeah. yes, I think it is a red card." It's like, what is the point of view? Like, yeah, he's terrible. All you've got to do is give an opinion, and stick to it. Like, no one was holding him at gunpoint to give it, give a, an explanation there and then. Like, what a waste of life. He is terrible, Peter Walton. Of all the ex-referees, they could have got. Why they got him? Like, I'd have been happier if they'd have got like Bobby Madeley in now, or um, what's it? Oh, what's his name? Jeff. Um, 
Jeff, Jeff. Winter, the guy from Jeff Winter. Jeff Winter, yeah, get Jeff Winter back in. You know, I'd have been, I'd have been happier with, with him or somebody like that. Or um, oh, the, is the Uriah Rene, someone like that? What were these refs up to in retirement? I don't know, but yeah, no, you know, Mark, bring Mark Clattenburg in or something. Well, he's, you too, know. he's too busy uh, training up the Saudi Arabian referees, isn't he? Because I thought he quit. I thought he quit that oh, did he? and came back. Oh. Or was it China he went to and then came oh, back? Maybe he went to China or something. I know he went somewhere and then and then well, left that just, and took up another he, job. Well, he just cares about the development of those referees so much. It's nothing, of course. Nothing, nothing to do with the money, of course. It's not. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, no. uh, yeah, but, but anyone, anyone, yeah. When it, whenever they bring that guy up on uh, on BT, I just know that he's he's just going to say some pointless shit. So, Jim, <laughs> stop, stop listening. Yeah, uh, Arsenal and Rotetta improved. Much better, yeah. Yeah. Um, he picked the same squad uh, from our last Premier League win, which is something Emery didn't do very often. Uh, we're unbeaten in six games. Okay, it, it's a draw at Palace, um, but to be fair, Palace are in a pr- Palace were level on points of us going into this game. I think. Oh, actually, or maybe even above us. There must have been a point ahead because they still are yeah. ahead. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, so so it's an, it's an improvement in a way, and we do look better. In a way, we, we bossed this game for the first 25 minutes that I saw and stuff like that. And then, obviously, the red card came quite early on in the second half, I believe. Uh, it was after Palace equalised, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was about 20, 25 minutes to go when yeah. it set off. But yeah. it's, um, it's a strange one, really, because uh, what Arteta's done is he's got Aubameyang actually working as a as a, as a left winger, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he tracks back and, you know, generally leads by example now. Yeah. Um, he still hasn't really got Ozil going. Um, he doesn't look that interested, certainly in away games. Um, but generally, David Luiz seems to have upped his game a bit. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I, I know Arteta was pretty angry about that we switched off for the equaliser. Uh, but if you look at if you look in the build up to their equaliser, there's a moment where Luiz is going to cut across the defender, the, the attacker, and uh, he, he stops and puts his hands in the air to not make contact with him, whereas. Five weeks ago, I reckon he'd have just literally bundled into him and then put his hands in the air. So he has made them more disciplined at the back because oh, yeah. we were we were a little bit foolhardy at the back and stuff like that. So you can see sort of things like that. Unfortunately, in this case, it led to a goal. Uh, but again, it, it was a goal that Leno could do nothing about. Oh, I mean, it was it was unlucky. It was, it was the type of goal Crystal Palace seemed to get a lot of, like not really in the game, and then they have a shot that deflects and goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't exactly make a, a boatload of chances, even after he went down to ten. I know they had that one where it was kind of hacked off the line ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but against ten men, they're obviously going to get some chances. Um, yeah. Palace have signed Cenk Tosin this week. Came on for the last twenty minutes or so here. He's a good player. He's looked alright when he's at Everton. It's weird how he looked so good under Big Sam, and then no other manager since has been able to mm-hmm. get, get a tune out of him. Um, well, he came back into the side this season, didn't he, with Silva, and he scored like three games in a row. And then got dropped again. Yeah. So you know it's you know it it must be hard not getting regular football and having having to come in and make chances. You know I wish that Arsenal had the same problem because Lacazette at the moment has been dog shit. <laughs> and then uh, you know he's he's starting every game for us. Yeah, well, Arteta seems to quite like Martinelli, um, as mm-hmm. a lot of people seem to. To be honest, I think uh, you've got a bit of a bit of a gem on your hands with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it's hard to drop either Aubameyang or Lacazette. Mm-hmm. Which, unfortunately, this was something that Emery did on a whim. <laughs> yeah, well, as you say, they used to rotate the squad 
a lot. Now, how, how much of that was down to the Europa League or not, I guess we'll see in, in, a, yeah. in a few months' time. But um, for now, we're quite happy with think we'll be moving up the table sooner rather than yeah. later. Yeah, it, it, it's looking good. I don't, I don't think top four is doable at the moment. Although, although the way results are going, you, you never know. But um, uh, You'd have to make up an 11-point gap to Chelsea, which is not, it's not insurmountable, but probably unlikely. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. We're still in two cup competitions, yeah. so I'd, I'd, I'd give it the best crack at those. To be fair, yeah. Well, as we said before, it's, it's sometimes it's it's easier to win the Europa League than it is to get in the top four. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly not this season, admittedly, because there's been a lot of dropped points from the so- so-called big clubs. But Europa League's there to be won, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, so under the three o'clocks, and uh, Chelsea ran right against Burnley, three uh, 0 winners. Uh, Tammy Abraham uh, scored a header, which, as you mentioned earlier, Nick Pope kind of just disintegrated. It, well, like I thought, he <coughs> saved it. How it went for him, I don't know. No, I, I'm st- I've seen it back several times, expecting to see like some sort of weird bounce or, or anything really. Wasn't but... Ben Me there as well? Oh, probably. <laughs> Bloody Ben Me. Um, the first goal, the penalty. Uh, William goes down for me very easily under Matt Loughton's it's not even a challenge. He kind of goes to make the challenge and pulls out, and William just makes sure he kicks him on the way down. It was like a follow the follow through, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, it's the type of thing William does, though. I think he goes down very easily a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have given it as a penalty because like the ball had already gone out, was like practically out of play, if not out of play already, by the time they connected as well. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, Jorginho did his little hop, skip, and jump to score mm-hmm. the penalty. Uh, and then Callum hudson it with his first Premier League goal. I was surprised it was his first, to be honest. I was going to say, because he does seem to pop up on the score sheet now and again, but I'm guessing the like, Europa League, Carabao Cup games and stuff like that. Yeah, it uh, it was very surprising to me, but I guess kind of burst onto the scene last season and then promptly did his ACL, didn't he? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you see Rhys James in this game? Oh, unbelievable. What, what do you make of him? I mean, he looks great as a player, um, as a as a fullback, if you like, as well. Um, I think Wigan played him in midfield last season, from from what I've been reading. But as a oh, as a bombing on fullback, he looks uh, looks the part. His defensive work is terrible, though. Well, yes, but that's part of the course. Anybody <laughs> now, it's like goal, goalkeepers can't save the ball anymore. But if, they, <laughs> well, if, they, if, they, if they use their feet, they're like. Lev Yashin reincarnated. Yeah. Oh yeah, because because there were there were a few occasions like when he was in the box here, you know, he's pulling off moves, you know, drop dropping the centre backs on their on their on their asses and stuff like that. But then defensively, he was just literally giving the ball away every chance he got. Yeah, I mean, there is. He's very young, um, and it's a bit like Trent Alexander-Arnold in that I don't think he can defend particularly well. I was watching him yesterday. As, you know, the likes of Son were running at him. At mm-hmm. the point now, he doesn't make a tackle anymore because he, th- he knows his pace will get him back at the man anyway. So, mm. um, whether that's something they've worked on or whether he's just sick of getting booked early on in games, or not, mm. I don't know. But um, I say nowadays, a fullback's first job seems to be how can you add to the attack, and if you can defend, it's a bonus. I suppose uh, Reese James just spend time in training with Marcus Alonso, though. So I can't imagine there's much defensive training going on there. No, I imagine training for them is just as Pulquetta stood at the back and the rest of the team was going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Chelsea had struggled against some lower clubs at home, if you like, but uh, had no such trouble here. Uh, yeah. I didn't realise their home record wasn't great this season. Yeah, because you know they do they're in the top four. They seem to be going like ticking over quite well. Exactly, but every now and again they throw in a result like getting beaten at home off Bournemouth, um, drawn at home to Sheffield United, losing at home to West Ham. 
um, you know, some generally shoddy results. That yeah, some really weird results. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Um, whether teams just found a way to defend against them. I don't know, but uh, they had no trouble here against Burnley. Uh, what do you make of Burnley? Because they, they've kind of just sleptwalked through the season and now they find themselves just three points out the bottom three. When because they started this season quite well compared to last season, didn't they? And then, yeah, just they seem to be drifting. Um, I don't know. Like They've been without wooden barns at, t- at different times this season. And in this game, they did, they didn't look... Like that creative. They had a goal disallowed, didn't they? For I think Jeff Hendrick was <coughs> offside yes. and stuff like that. But exactly. apart from that, I don't remember them creating much else. No, and I think you're right. Barnes missed this one through injury. I think he's had a, a niggling injury, which he's been carrying for a while now. So they've been kind of managing his minutes over over Christmas, and obviously decided here there was no point in risking them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just they're a team where if they went down, I wouldn't miss them. Um, a bit like Bournemouth, to be honest. I think they've just kind of outstayed their welcome in the Premier League. And if, if Burnley are on the telly, you won't go, oh, bloody hell, I can't wait to watch Burnley. Like, <laughs> yeah. They never really lay a glove on the top sides. Um, they're quite good at beating the sides around them. But uh, they're, they're just a, a non-entity against so many of the uh, the bigger sides like they were here. Well, that's it. You've only, you've only really got a... If you can nullify Dwight McNeil yeah. and, and then, you know... You've not got much else to deal with, have you? you? Know Barnes and Woods rely on McNeil a lot for the balls he puts in and stuff like that. So that then, then you're the only the only other option is to is to pump in long balls. But I don't, I couldn't even name a midfield like oh Jack Jack Cork still there. Cork and Westwood, um, Hendrick, as you mentioned before, he kind of plays more further forward. Mm. But Danny Drinkwater couldn't get a game there. Yeah, which is, uh, well, I have to, well, have to see in the performance say, this uh, afternoon. They went to Villa and I can see <laughs> yeah. why I can get a game there, but um, that's kind of like the level of, of what they're dealing with here. It's it's not a it's not a great squad, is it? Yeah, they they, go, they they are they are in essence a championship team and that plucky underdogs thing, yeah, you say you mentioned Bournemouth as well, it, 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 it does start to wear off. It does, um, and we'll come on to Bournemouth later on because they are in a lot of trouble. Um so Burnley, can you see them being being dragged right into that bottom three scrap, or do you think they've just got Pro- to? Probably not, because other again, it's an it's another one of these, isn't it? They survive because other clubs are worse. It's how Southampton got on in the Premier League for so long. Well, they've had four defeats on the spin, which is uh, not clever by anyone's means. But they always pick it up. Look at look at last season. Last season they started terribly. I don't think they don't think they won in fifteen games or something or, or something ridiculous last they, season. They were bad. I don't know that much because they um, obviously had the Europa League, which seemed to terrify the life out of them. But but yeah, Dosh always gets it out of them. It's not like he's going and buying a new player to re- rejuvenate the side. He somehow just manages to get the best out of them. No, I mean, you know the next game, Leicester at, Leicester at home. Um, yeah. Put Joe Hart in goal, you never know. Well, maybe that's the solution. <laughs> yeah, Leicester at home, Man United away, um, Arsenal at home. You know, it's, it's not. Oh, there's there's six uh, points. <laughs> it's not a great run of games, um, but as you say, I guess you never know against some of these teams now. They're not maybe the, the fourth they used to be, but mm-hmm. um, I, I'm I'm not worried for Burnley. I don't like them, but um, I, I can see them being dragged into it, especially the way Watford are going. I wouldn't be opposed if they got dragged into it, but I'd be surprised if they went down, just purely because I think there are three other sides worse at the moment. And think that's the bottom three as it stands, or 
Pr- pretty much, yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Uh, let's move on then. Um, Everton won, Brighton nil. Not not a not a great game by all accounts. Uh, Everton won this one through with Charlison. Um They they did score a second goal, but got disallowed rightly because Calvert Lewin put it in with his with his hand for some reason when he seemed to have any other part of his body he could have used. I can't believe he got booked though because he looked like he got bundled onto it. I know, I don't think so. He, he was kind of falling, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think it's right to disallow it, but uh, I think Pukenham was a bit harsh. Um, I don't really have much to say about this one. Everton under Carlo Ancelotti, which is still a weird concept to me. Um, <laughs> they've, they've tightened up defensively. Yeah, but then they got beaten by Liverpool's like C team in the cup. That, that's, that's, if that hadn't have happened, we'd be sitting there thinking, oh, Everton are doing all right under Ancelotti. He's tightened them up a bit. But then no one will let you forget that they got mullered. I know. By, by, uh, I don't even consider that Liverpool reserve team that good. It's so much so that some Everton fans turned up at their training ground this week to to, to remonstrate, I guess. I don't no, really, it's not, really sure not that they have jobs to go to, is it? <laughs> I'm not really sure what they're hoping to achieve. Um, Fabian Delft spent this week uh, arguing with people on social media. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, so I've, so I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. I heard that uh, Ancelotti wasn't best pleased either. No, Ancelotti missed a straight list, didn't he? And uh, I can't imagine Delph was uh, in the good books after that. Uh, although, um, one thing I have noticed about Ancelotti's Everton is he really likes Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Have you heard his remarks about him? No, I mean, he's, he's got him pegged as the next Duncan Ferguson, pretty much. It, it's... <laughs> he's going on like he's one of the best strikers he's ever worked with, you know, and he's going to be a real great player. Well, maybe this, this is his best season by a long shot. Well, yes, well, but well, maybe this is just good man management. Maybe, maybe, or has he really lost the plot? Well, I mean, Bobby Robson said Charlotte Amiobi was our Wayne Rooney, so you know. <laughs> well, and look how that ended. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, although, what did you make? Everton should have had a penalty quite early on. Oh, the Walcott. Um, the Walcott one. Uh, yes, probably, but if you don't go down, you don't get it. That, that's which, such, which a, such is, a terrible thing. Which is ludicrous, I admit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just can't see that changing. Um, now, I only, I only saw the highlights on match today, which obviously weren't very long because there wasn't much to talk about here, as you said. But I, I could think of at least four occasions where Lewis Dunk was guilty of pulling back in the opposition. Uh, it, it, and not once did he get pulled uh, up for it. That's what he does. And the thing is, I think the reason they didn't give that is because, well, A, they're cowards, and B, if they give it, they've got to send Dunk off because he hasn't tried to play the ball. Yeah, he's last, he's last man in that instance. Yeah. But then he did, he, then he did it again at least four, like three other times, like because Brighton obviously have started playing this quite a high line now. So and, and teams like Everton who are quite quick at the front uh, are constantly going to be like breaking against you with, with with a long ball and stuff like that. And yeah, like he was pulling people back like nobody's business. But again, people aren't going down. And yet, if they were going going down, we'd be saying they're going down too easily. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. You cannot win, can you? Um, um, Glenn Murray had a, a funny miss as well. I, I just wanted to ask what you, your opinion on that was, because obviously you might be wearing the old uh, black and white stripes in a couple of days. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't wait when I saw this headline on Monday that we'd been, <laughs> been linked with signing Glenn Murray. It's just what we need. I thought, I can't wait to speak to you. <laughs> if you guys sign Glenn Murray, it'd be the greatest. I mean, that would be like the worst picture of all time, wouldn't it, when you've got Steve Bruce stood next to Glenn Murray holding up a black and white shirt, like... You kind of, there's no comeback from that. Like. But then, oh, and then, oh, who was it? This might make it a little bit better. 
there was somebody on Sky Sports this week, and they were talking about. So obviously Harry Kane's been ruled out for for, for a couple of months, and they were like, oh, you know, obviously who's going to replace him for England? And they reeled off the names, and then they were like, oh, you know, Spurs, and they were talking about all these strikers that Spurs were being linked with, and then somebody turned around and went, well, Glenn Murray's available, oh, you know, he do, a, he do a job at Tottenham, and I, I thought even as an Arsenal fan, I don't think I want to see that. <laughs> I did laugh today when I saw that uh, Spurs were lined up Lorente on loan for six months. Oh, it's, mad, it's mad, madness, isn't it? Come on. Think outside the box. Idiots. Uh, Richarlison's goal as well was really good. Yeah, well taken goal. Uh, he, he should benefit really from, from Ancelotti as a manager and playing him in a position for, you know, the same position every week rather than left, right, up front, number mm-hmm. 10, you know. Um, he already looks happier for it. Yeah, because Bernard came back in for this game as well, didn't he? he looked like quite lively. Yeah, I'm quite enjoying Ancelotti going old school four four two for no real reason, but if it works, it works. Mm. Uh, all right, and so on to the King Power Stadium where uh, Leicester hosted Southampton. Obviously, everyone was talking about the nine nil at, at St Mary's earlier in the season, but uh, didn't work out that way today on, on Saturday. Um, Dennis Pratt gave Leicester the lead, but Southampton came back with goals from Stuart Armstrong. And Danny Ings, who just doesn't miss. Uh, um, he could have had a hat full in this oh, game as well. I mean, it's not like Southampton were smash and grab here. They could have won this 9-0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, have the wheels fallen off at Leicester? Or the team just worked out how to play against them? I don't know. Because like, obviously Leicester had chances as well. Like there, there was a few chances in there. But I don't know, Leicester fans... like. I've started following fans of other clubs on on Twitter and stuff like that, you know, because you know I've got a few fans from other clubs that I follow anyway. But then I started following them, and Leicester fans in midweek were hilarious. Like Ben Shell Chilwell, I'm surprised they haven't burnt his house down. <laughs> like they were raging about him against Villa in midweek, and then after this game, they were like, and to be fair, he looked proper poor in this game like um in the build-up to the uh, i think it was ings's goal um the balls played into i think it was chai adams and chilwell could have intercepted the ball and literally just stopped and let, let it go past him well why try <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't know um when i saw that leicester had b- bought in shane long for Gineppo, i was like oh they're just not in- <laughs> they're not interested in this game are they because so we spoke about Gineppo, being, apart from ings being one of the best players but i also didn't realize that how good southampton's current form is i know they they they're 12th now it's, but it's disgusting yeah but... there's only there's only three teams with a better run of form in their last eight games than southampton at the moment and they're the top three <laughs> they are the the, the, the like the form side in the league yeah uh what do you put it down to? Do you think they just knuckled down after the 9-0 and, and addressed the issues? or the, Sam Allardyce was probably seen at the training ground or something, yeah. and it's just like, fuck that. No, I, no um, I don't know, because it's the same players playing, you know. Yeah. How Danny Ings has started scoring. Like, I don't know if he's got Lance Armstrong's phone number <laughs> or something, but he looked incredible in this game. He's like a computer but, game, isn't he? Like, <laughs> every shot he has, it's like... He has no reaction time, but he finds, like, well, in, in this case, the post a lot. But uh, he, he's just so good at, at yeah. getting, getting a shot away very quickly and on target most of the time. You know, I know he's he's been highly recommend like for for a while, hasn't he? You know, he got his move to Liverpool. He did all right at Burnley and stuff like that. But then he, it's not like he's is a new signing. So okay, yes, Southampton only signed him this season, but they had him last season on loan, yeah. and he was shit. I don't know how they paid twenty million for him. 
and stuff like that. But um, yeah, sixteen goals. You, you can't argue with it. Sixteen goals, and, and yeah, and, and that you know shows how bad they were earlier in the season. That they're on this great run of form. That it's only pulled them up to twelve. Yeah, but they're now a point behind. Oh, sorry, they're on the same points as you. Like, yeah, well, yeah, well, we we are shit. So two, two points behind Tottenham, four points behind Sheffield United, the Golden Boys. You know it's you wouldn't bet against them finishing above Sheffield United now, which is... Uh, so a couple, really yeah, that's it. I'm just looking at the table now. But yeah, they're four points off six. It's crazy, isn't it? was <laughs> fighting for his job. I know. But they've just found a system that works for them. Mm. But yeah, they look good. They, they they genuinely look really good. You know, Leicester, Leicester have been really good all season. They've had a couple of iffy results. I don't think the wheels have fallen off. You know, there's talk of them making signings. And stuff like that, but um, something I don't know. Something didn't look right. Did you, did you see the? Did you see foul for the penalty that was for then the penalty that was, Yeah, like what's yeah. that all about? That's that's something that a team in Leicester's position should be doing. No, that's was, that's Arsenal defending in the making. That is. He didn't look like he had a very good game, Sonchu. He um, he's been very good all season, but uh, he looked like a bit of a, a bit of a cart horse here. Mm, but know, yeah, I don't know whether. The tool of games, maybe, because I think he's played just about all of them. Um, I'll tell you what I will point down to, actually. Hamza Chowdhury started for Leicester, didn't he? Well, indeed, he's had knee surgery, so we're going to be seeing a lot of Hamza Chowdhury for the next yeah. four, four or five weeks. It's fucking terrible, isn't yeah, it? He's, he's so he's, bad. He just, he's like, he was at fault for both goals, I'm sure, at one point. I'm sure he just gave the ball away twice. He did. There was that terrible, uh, the second goal, I think it was. Pereira throws it into him, who's on like, the centre circle, which, again, is like something you're told never to do in football. Um, Chowdhury like tried to head it, but this big stupid yes, that was, yeah, 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 yeah. seemed to cushion it to no one, and then obviously um, Southampton broke and scored. Yeah. Um, but ah, uh, he didn't have a good game. He didn't break anybody, I suppose, which is an improvement for him. No, I mean he, he seems to spend his life doing that. And did Leicester have two goals disallowed? Yes, uh, I know there was the Johnny Evans one, which was way offside. I, I, but I'm sure I remember there being another one. I, I, I natural was when he was. Oh god, yeah, he, did he, did. he was kind of like lying on the on his back, and he did like a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. scorpion kick type thing, but um, he, they were both offside. I think Johnny Evans knew he was offside as well. I don't know how the, the linesman didn't give it off. Yeah, yeah. That, that should be their bread and butter, really. Um, but hey ho, that's why we have VAR. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Leicester are still third. They're still they've got an eleven point cushion back to Man United in fifth. Um, they're surely still going to get top four, aren't they? Oh yeah, of course. I I think they'll probably be they'll finish third. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, there was shocking against Villa on on Wednesday night in the uh, in the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope they they, they win that second leg because I don't want to see Villa in the final of anything. Yeah, but then they might concentrate on that and get relegated. Well, they might, but at the same time, it, the, the failure of a semi-final defeat might also crush them so badly that they, you know, don't recover. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. So on the Old Trafford and a, a routine win for Man United, they they dismantled Norwich four uh, nil. Two for Rashford, one for Martial, and one for Mason Greenwood. Uh, Norwich without Timu Puki, and I think as soon as that was announced, no one really had any great hope for them winning this match. Did you I, don't ma- I don't remember them doing anything in this game. No, I think Cantwell had one shot just before half-time when they were already 2-0 down. Or down um, to hear saved it, and after that, it's a bit of a non-entity for them. Uh, Marcus Rashford, do you think he's 
if if Harry Kane for whatever reason doesn't recover in time for the Euros, do you think Rashford should be leading the line? I don't know. I genuinely think he's better from the left. Yeah, exactly. Because Martial played through the middle in this game, didn't he? It looked like he did anyway. He did, yeah. I mean, that seems to be how many United have set up now. Martial through the middle and Rashford to the left. Um, whenever Rashford plays to the middle, he seems a bit bit of a non-entity. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he drops. He's like Rooney used to. He drops too deep because mm-hmm. he wants the ball all the time. He drops too deep and then there's no one running ahead of him. So they've got nobody in the box. Yeah, they could do with a, an actual centre forward because I don't think Martial's particularly good at it. To be quite honest with you, he, I, hear, uh, I hear Glenn Murray's available. No, that that I'd love to see. <laughs> Glenn Murray just patrolling the eighteen-yard box. <laughs> you never know. Mm. You never know. Um, one thing I noticed from this game, though, so yeah, Rashford, Rashford was really good. It was his two hundredth game as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it's disgusting, really. I don't know where that mm-hmm. time's gone. But uh, one matter. Yeah, two assists and they were both really good. Uh, they roll them out for these games when uh, they're going to have all the ball and expect it to win easily. Uh, he's obviously still a very good player. It's just the game's kind of moved on from his style, hasn't it? Mm. He should really play a bit deeper as a, as a central midfielder, but uh, yeah, we can't tackle, can he? Well, that's, that's, it. that's he, the thing. He's, he's like the ultimate luxury player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, I say I don't. Yeah, yeah, Campbell had that one shot, didn't he? But yeah, generally. A lot was made after about this lad who replaced Pokemon that Eda Eda. Yeah, he scored a hat trick in the cup, didn't he last yeah, week? Yeah, he showed Preston what for last week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, t- t- yeah. T- turns out Old Trafford's a bit tougher. So um, we wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago, though. <laughs> no, um, possibly not. Tim Tim Crowley's still mental, though, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know what he was doing for that. Uh, was it Brandon Williams he took out? Brandon Williams, yeah, came out of nowhere as well. Like the ball was just punted forward, and Williams got the end of it, but. I was, yeah. I was a massive fan of Brandon Williams blazing over from three yards out though. That was oh wow, yeah, that, that was needless. Yeah, that, that was that was a great miss. Um, it, I think it was his weak foot, his weak foot in it. But yeah, scored it from scored an open goal from three yards out. Yeah. And uh, Greenwood scored again, didn't he? Now, does he only score from outside the box? Uh, yes. He only seems to score that same goal. Yeah, constantly. I, I, I don't know how keepers haven't really come come wise to it yet. <laughs> But you know he's he's is he the new Dan James where like he's just got the one trick. I don't know. Man United fans seem to rate him really really highly. I know there was a lot made of um, the fact that obviously he's scoring in the Premier League this weekend. Why uh, uh, podcast favourite Rian Brewster was making his debut uh, doing fuck all for Swansea this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Greenwood's uh, starting to get. More goals, wouldn't he? I mean, he must have four or five mm-hmm. this season now. He's, he's scored in the last three home games that he's, he's played in well. as well. Yeah, he, he, he's, he looks all right, but I don't know what type of player he is because he doesn't look. He doesn't play like a striker. No, they tend to play from the right. Um, the old Mara syndrome where he cuts in and, and inevitably scores, but it's the type of thing you'd think people would be wise to by now, but mm-hmm. I suppose it's power to him that he's still uh, finding ways. Good finisher from what I've seen, but yeah, yeah. he probably needs a run somewhere. Um, so that was fairly routine and then the final 3 o'clock from Saturday was uh, Wolves hosting the mighty mighty magpies uh, <laughs> Miguel Almiron is a goal machine discuss what a goal it was oh, as well what finish. a goal like after all your weeks and months of slagging off to White Gale <laughs> he was pretty good in this game 
Well, for the tw- for the twenty minutes he lasted before his hamstring went, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he looked he looked pretty good. Cause you had two players got off injured in this one as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, just the two this time, and like yeah. the, the four on uh, box <laughs> on uh, New Year's Day. So, um, but yeah, three three goals in four games. And before before this goal, he, he had that shot from outside the area as well, where he you know he he, he took it past uh, and took a took a knock from Ruben Neves on the way through. Yes. Um, but yeah, he he, look, he does look a completely different player. Yeah, so Bruce has started playing him in a central three. Um, so we've gone to, I don't know what you'd call it, kind of a three-five-two. But is that because you've got no players left though? Well, it might be that. Um, it's possibly just since St. Maxman's been out, and um, I guess he was kind of our, our game plan, getting it forward on on his side of the pitch. But um, to be fair, it's one of the few things Bruce has done that it's, it's worked because that's now three goals for him from that position mm-hmm. uh, compared to zero before that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can't really knock it in, in that regard. Um, I was quite happy with the point here. Wolves, wolves are wolves. You know, they they rarely batter teams. They they're very good, but uh, if you can defend well against them, they don't really have much of a plan B. And mm. obviously, Jota being out helped us a great deal because. It was only really Jimenez who was a goal threat. Mm-hmm. Well, all that Wolves team has been linked with Man United this week, isn't it? Like yeah, literally everybody. But I don't see why anyone would leave someone like Wolves for Man United right now. Yeah, it's mad. Like they were saying that Ruben Nevers was at Carrington the other day. Then it was well Jimenez. Um, yeah, it's it's really really strange. I mean, other than history, like there's very little on Man United side these days. Yeah, uh, I know they're actually ahead of Wolves on the table, but. In terms of how both clubs have been run and the direction they're going in, um, I think Wolves are Wolves are having a good time of it at the minute. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's stable. I think the only worry for them is if, if anyone poaches Nuno. Um, allegedly, you guys tried, but mm. I, I don't know how much was really in that because I couldn't imagine you paying the compensation from. No, and, and, and I say Arte Arte coming in when we we, we were close to getting him last season. He, he doesn't make me think that he'd suddenly go to second choice. No, no. This time round either. So if someone else had come in, maybe then I'd have been like, oh well, who turned us down and whatever. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not sure there was anything in that. No, uh, it just seemed like it was no smoke without fire kind of situation. But mm. um, to then, as you say, go back to was largely regarded as your first choice would suggest there was nothing in it. Mm. So never mind. <laughs> um, yeah. So Wolves are, are seventh. They're um, they're still in the Europa League. Um, they've got an FA Cup replay with Man United this week. Do you? What's a good season for Wolves from here? Uh, I think the FA Cup is doable for them. Uh, Europa League, maybe not this season, as we mentioned earlier on when we were talking about Arsenal, because there's there's some good teams in that Europa League, but due to the bullshit dropping out of the Champions League rule. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the FA Cup, an FA Cup run, is is well within their rights. You know, they were. Pretty good against Man United in the first leg as well. I mean, the only thing they've got against them is that their squad is wafer thin. Like, yeah, they've played more games than anyone else this season. Yeah. So this was like their thirty seventh game of the season. And now they've let they've let Catrone go back to uh, back to Italy, so that's mm-hmm. one less option for them. Um, surely they must have someone lined up. Yeah, they've been linked with somebody. I can't remember who it was. Although they get linked with bloody everybody at the was moment. It don't Glenn know. Murray. I, I don't think so. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> They were they were linked with a striker. I know because they were interested in that Piatek, weren't they? Who Spurs are interested, in. and I know they've had an ongoing interest in. Is it Andre Silva at Milan? 
Oh, yes, but it's Portuguese. Because it? Portuguese, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sure there's someone at Benfica who, who, who's who's going to come in and, and stuff as well. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think Nuno came out and said he was looking to strengthen his squad a bit anyway and then yeah to let Catroni go after such a short deal because that, that's a permanent deal isn't it it's a loan with an obligation yeah, yeah. to buy so he's not coming back um, so yeah and it, whenever you, whenever you see an 18 month loan anyway unless it's a, a really young player but they've got that Neto who's looking alright yeah decent but, uh... and obviously you know Traore has played out his skin this season so that's maybe that's something they wouldn't have uh, banked on when they were planning in pre-season because this this isn't the same Troy from the end of last season no definitely not as well so no, well uh, uh, it's quite mad to think they could you know go through the Europa League and get the Champions League but like you say they've got there's so, so many good teams in that Europa League now it would be they would have to prioritise it and I can't see them yeah. doing it it's, it's only their defence I think they need to to, to bulk up, you know, they've got um, Dendonka's played at centre back this season, who's a, a very good midfielder. Uh, Sais has played at centre back this season, and he's a decent midfielder. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they can, you know, and, and they're playing that futsal geezer, Kilman, oh, yeah. who hasn't looked out of place, to be fair, he's looked alright. Um, and I think, oh, who is it? Ryan, is it Ryan Bennett? He's still there? Ryan Bennett, yeah, because I only missing yeah. uh, Willie Bolly, who's got a, I think it was an ankle injury, which has kept him out for a couple of months now, so yeah. he's the. Yeah, so they're they're playing not first cha- first or even second choice centre backs at the moment, alongside Connor Cody, who plays every minute he, he possibly yeah, can. Every single game, like never gets a rest. Yeah, so I think if they can short that defence, Patricio's looking better. You know, he, he he he's got a rick in him, definitely. Um, I think all keepers do now, though. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think there is a, a goalkeeper who's who's that superhuman goalkeeper that we used no. to have. You're right. That's a dying art, goalkeeping. Um, all right, so that finishes the three o'clock games, um, so which brings us on to Tottenham v Liverpool, which uh, you've already touched on the, the main controversy here. So Liverpool won one nil thanks to Roberto Firmino's goal. Um, yes, it probably should have been a Tottenham throw-in in the build-up, but mm-hmm. I, I'd, I find it hard to really. You can't blame that for the goal, Callum. No, because a lot happened between the throw-in being given and the goal happening. Um, for you, is it a handball by Jordan Henderson? Oh well, yeah. Although it's really weird, right? So when I when I watched this yesterday, um, they didn't seem to go over it that much from what I remember seeing. And then match of the day brushed over it, like didn't it only showed one angle where it was completely inconclusive and probably didn't look like a handball in, in the angle match of the day showed. Uh, and then obviously Sky have shown a few more angles, and then. Um, I was watching some highlights package online from like an American um, channel, and th- like every angle made it look more and more like a handball. <laughs> so it depends on who you're looking at. And I'm sorry, <coughs> the BBC, right? And 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 me, uh, we've had this discussion a few times. But the match of the day, especially, they are so biased towards Liverpool. <laughs> like even the commentators, like on match of the day. So watching the highlights back on match of the day, and you know when uh, Tanganga or what, what's his name, Tang Tanganga. Yeah, yeah made that block right at the beginning right it's even before he'd made that block the ball come out this like a liverpool player and there's like two Tottenham players between him and the goal and even the commentators like and here's the first goal <laughs> just like expected him just to sweep it into i'm just thinking come on you wouldn't they don't do that with any other club i don't know if it's just because of how the media is with liverpool and how how social media is with like liverpool fans at the moment like have you seen twitter today 
Uh, I haven't, but I can this imagine. Taint, this tainted title talk that's going on. And I think it's come, come from Man City fans. They're alleging and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just because they're, they're very much like in the focus at the moment. It does seem everything's going their way, though. It does, but I mean, they're 14 points ahead, 17 if they win the game in hand. Like, it's, it's not down to VAR yeah. that they're going to win the league. Like, I guess if you're bitter about it, you can say, well, at least they're going to win the league when the season's been mm. overshadowed by all this VAR nonsense. Oh, no, the, the, the table doesn't lie. They deserve to be at the top of the table. They are playing the, some of the best football. I'm not going to say the best football because I didn't think they were all that in this game. Uh, and obviously, we've seen Leicester this season, uh, uh, way Leicester have played this season. Um, but, yeah, it's like. I'm not going to sit here and argue that that goal should have been disallowed for handball, but I am going to sit here and argue that when you see others like the Declan Rice incident being not given, and now Liverpool have had two very similar situations that haven't been given, it's it's an annoyance <coughs> of the rules. Yeah, I mean, if you know what I mean. To be honest, I've only seen the Sky replays, and to me, it looked like both Jordan Henderson and Deli Ali handballed it, and that's why it was given. But but isn't the rule if there's any handball? I thought I thought the rule was if there's any handball, it doesn't stand. Because I remember having the argument with somebody earlier in the season that then a defender could just handball the ball in the build up to a goal and it doesn't get given, but obviously a penalty does instead. Well, I think that's, that's always going to be the case. If a defender handballs it, it's going to be a pen. But um, it, it didn't look clear and obvious to me that Jordan Henson on his own handballed it, and that's why they couldn't disallow it. No, if you've seen other replays, it's just otherwise, and you know that's a fail. I don't know. I, I I don't think there's anything Jordan Henderson could have done about it. But then I also don't think there's anything that Declan Rice could have done about his on Friday. Oh no, no. I don't see the difference between the two of them, except for the decision that was made. Yeah. So I think that's that's what just I think obviously because it's Liverpool as well it's more in more in the public eye. If this had have happened, you know, du- during like Wolves Newcastle or something, no disrespect, but nobody would have noticed. If you know what I mean? No, that's true enough. Yeah. But it, obviously it's Liverpool that you know they're going on to the title and this is the goal that won them, won them the game as well. Um, more will be made of it, but it's 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 not Liverpool can only. Liverpool don't have any control over this, and you know they're not at the top of the table because of decisions and stuff. And I, I just, I wish, I think it's made worse by Liverpool fans though, because yes, there's all this talk like we're having now about oh, you know they get they are getting the, these lucky decisions. There's no arguing they they they've had a, their fair share of decisions this season, but Liverpool fans fight so so much back against it. So, like, all you'll see on Sunday nights, Monday mornings on Twitter is like, oh, this is what the league table would look like if VAR wasn't around and stuff like that. And then they're still top or whatever. Although, one thing I do want to bring up quickly, that, right, so Liverpool have broken a European record, right, for 20 wins in 21 games, right? Yeah. When has there ever been a record for points after 21 games? Who picked 21 games? I, I, I don't know. Um... It's so random. Because the sins, not, it's, not, they, it's not the best ever start. So in, in Europe's top five leagues as well, yeah. but it's such a random stat. So who's got the best start after twenty games? Is it Liverpool because they were, you know, they had nineteen wins and one draw in twenty, but no one was harping that that was the best. It's just weird that it's twenty-one games because that's not even the halfway point in any European league. So do you think the previous record was like twenty out of twenty, and then they lost the twenty-first game, and that was therefore Liverpool? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's all they've like heard. It's just like yeah, it's 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 so random. 
you know. Uh, Clutching straws a bit like. <laughs> it's just you know, their their runner form is is fantastic. I don't think they'll go the whole season unbeaten at all and stuff like that. Uh, I think they will win the league quite comfortably, but. Yeah, I, it's just wound me up when, I, when they're all like, oh, yeah, t- best points, for all-time record it's after 21 games. And I'm thinking, why 21? I, I, I was hoping that you'd be able to go, well, yeah. actually, because of this. But no. no one seems to know. None of that logic from me. You know. Um, so you mentioned about their unbeaten run there. I think this was 37 games unbeaten now in the league. Yeah. So that means, feasibly, they could go um, past Arsenal's record of 49. Mm-hmm. They're they were already better than the Invincibles, apparently. Probably, well, probably for points they will be, I think, but uh, or projected points at least from that, from those thirty. No, no, right, right, apparently, right now they're they're even though they're on thirty-seven games, that their their run is better than Arsenal's run because Arsenal drew twelve right, got you. in okay. their forty-nine game run. So this is this isn't an actual. This is just Liverpool <coughs> fans. We're already better because well, their comparisons are going to be made. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because that's what I was coming to is that they could they could pass the forty-nine games, um, and I think there'd still be four or five games to go in the season. So, what's the better record? Going uh, a whole season unbeaten, as in you know game one to thirty-eight. Or going, you know, fifty-three games unbeaten, uh, and then losing the last game of the season. I think if they went, oh, I don't think a Liverpool fan will care because, like you should say, if they lose the last game of the season, um, I think, oh, it's it's difficult, you know. I think I would be more impressed if they went through a full thirty-eight game season in the Premier League, only drawing once and not losing. Yeah, because that is. I do. It's weird. I do it on Football Manager all the time. It's it it, it it's quite easy to do on Football Manager. I find at the moment, which is really strange. Um, but you, it's something you never expect to see. Like I say, when Arsenal went undefeated, they uh, in the league. They, they I think in the thirty. I think they won thirty-one, drew seven, or something. I'm sure it was thirty-one, seven zero. Um, and I've, and people moaned then that we drew seven games. <laughs> As if to try and take something away from the achievement. So I, I think that Liverpool's record, their, their points total this season, even if they lose a couple of games, will be probably be better than the un, than the, than the Invincibles. And so, and th- they are playing better football than Arsenal did. Arsenal's Invincible season wasn't their best footballing season at all. And 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 so I think if Liverpool do go do go the season unbeaten, I don't think they will. Um, their record, yeah, their record will be better. No. And it's just because of who they are as well. well. It will all anything with Liverpool is amplified always because they've got such a big fan base and stuff like that. Well, we're, we're the last game of the season, so um, great <laughs> guards of honour and all sorts of things. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Now, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll do it. I, I don't think they'll do it. They, they will have to burn out at some point. I think. Yeah. And Andy Robertson has got a ten-game ban in him somewhere. Yeah, this is the only other thing I need to ask about this. Like, how has he come out of this game without even so much as a booking? Yeah, because that's not a, the, even the only occasion where he probably could have been sent off. He's a bit raggy, like, isn't he? He's, he, for, for, he, he yeah, for a team that a, win a lot, like, he seems to be uh, going out of his way to try and get a week off. It, it's weird. In the in the last year or so, he has become a massive shithouse. And like, there are dozens of clips him on Twitter just being a massive shithouse. And he's all, he, all, the thing is, he always leaves one in. And I don't know if that's without being horribly racist or anything. I don't know if that's the Scotsman in him or whatever. But 
it, it's yeah, it's it's not nice to see. And um, yeah, I don't think um, this tackle was anything like the Abamyang thing at all. I know a lot of Liverpool fans have been trying to discredit anyone who says that Randy Robertson probably should have been sent off for this by saying it's nothing like the Abamyang, and I don't think it is. But he definitely leaves his foot in. Yeah, and then there's and the we've one. seen we've seen red cards given for this exact tackle before. Yeah, and there's one a, a little bit later on where he needlessly just decides to kick his Alderweireld in the leg. Like... Yeah, just literally scrapes himself across him. Oh. And I'm also sick of hearing. I'd be interested to you know to to listen to Ali, uh, who's who's like a qualified referee. Winning the ball does not mean it's not a foul. That's the other thing as well. That's it's... that's park rules. That is that's playground rules. <laughs> Our ref, I won the ball. It doesn't matter. Winning the ball means nothing. Uh, when you when you you know plant your leg halfway up the straight leg of another player, like it's, uh, it doesn't matter how many times the ball's been played before that. I know the pictures make it look worse because obviously that everyone's freezing the image on where the contact's made and stuff like that. But yeah, yes, he wins the tackle, but he leaves his foot in, and he 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 it wasn't even going that quickly. He could have pulled his foot out there but you can you knowing the sort of player he is and the way he's played recently you know he's meant to leave his foot in mm. which is the, the thing that's annoying if you know if it, i don't want to do it because this is a joke that's been going on on twitter all day if if that had been son who'd have made that tackle and everyone would be, oh it's a nice guy obviously we all seem to know he isn't at the moment but yeah if it, if it had been like um you know, any other player who's got no history of this going in, you'd be like, okay, look, it's just clumsy and accidental. You know, a striker's tackle, maybe. Um, but now this this is this is a player who 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 has done this before, and then and yeah, he just randomly has a kick at an opponent in the same game. But then you've got Gary Lineker saying it's not even a foul. So I mean, yeah, it's, what, what chance he really got? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You know, I, I think he should have got at least a booking. For it, red card maybe not, but you do see red cards given for that exact sort of thing. Could you know? Could you? Would you imagine if Zaka would have done that? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, they just burnt the Emirates down. Even Sean Longstaff was had a very similar one against Wolves and got sent off for it. Mm, played yeah. a ba- played a bouncing ball, um, followed through and caught yeah. something like Neves, like you know, shin high, got a red card. No one's seen a bad eyelid about that. Yeah, if that had been an Arsenal player, fucking Danny Murphy would have burnt down the match. <laughs> or, if it had been, imagine if Paul Pogba had done that while Graham Souness was in the Sky Studio. Souness oh, would have run on the pitch and dragged him off. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Uh, there's talk that retrospective action could be taken, but I'm guessing it was in the it might have been in the referee's report. I mean, how can... How can no one see these things now? And they are meant to be viewing every decision. Like I don't. I, apparently, I don't think VAR even reviewed it. But then I've heard someone else say that maybe they did, but it wasn't clear from watching match of the day. And I don't remember it being brought up on Sky either. He deserves a ban. You know, like just, when, you know, just just for being him. Well, you know, like when players get yellow cards, like Tottenham of fouls. Like he yeah. he's on like Tottenham of main incidents. Like he's uh, he's been looking for a red card for weeks now. He obviously fancies a few weeks off. He's played in. I was going to say he's played. He hasn't. He hasn't played in Scotland. Yet, so it's not like he's used to having the uh, the winter break. Yeah. Oh well. On to today then. Sunday's games uh, and the two o'clock game looked like a classic on paper. Bournemouth <laughs> against Watford, 19, <laughs> 18th against 19th at the table. Um, Bournemouth are on absolutely dreadful form. Watford. Well, Nigel Pearson's made us all look like absolute knobs because he's... <laughs> fucking hate Nigel Pearson. <laughs> they're in the form of their lives and therefore shouldn't really be surprised that Watford ran out 3-0 winners. 
Um, now I miss most of this game because it's a... of the, of the headphone headphones gate. We'll call it. Um, long story short, my, my wife hoovered up my podcast headphones on Friday. Um, even though we've been out earlier in the day to shops, didn't mention it until two o'clock this afternoon. You might want to check if they work. Obviously, they didn't work. Um, so off I toddled at two o'clock to buy some new headphones. This still sounds more interesting than this game, probably. Well, was. exactly. I know. Great story. Um, <laughs> I, I got back in time for, the, for most of the second half. So um, Watford took the lead through uh, Decore, I think. Yeah, he's scored, he's scored a couple since uh, Pearson's come in. He's playing uh, at like a, I wouldn't say number 10, but the more advanced of the midfield three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chalabar and Kapua are doing the, the dirty work, if you like. Uh, Troy Deeney rifled in a second. Um, and then as Bournemouth pushed on, um, Watford got a third on the break through Pereira. Um, Pereira's goal was pretty good. It's the only one I saw. He took it well. <laughs> he took it well after Gray should have scored and I think someone hacked off the line. Um, I thought the clouds were clearing for Bournemouth before kick-off because I saw that Nathan Ake was back, but apparently he played at the left-back instead of centre-back. He's done that a few times this season. I know, but, that... but when it means like putting Simon Francis in as centre-back with Steve Cook, like, what's the point? But it it worked when they first got promoted. Remember, and everyone loved them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, remember that when they were going to both play for England and and potentially go to the Euros or something. Oh, well, let's, <laughs> let's thank our lucky stars that didn't happen. Um, yeah, Bournemouth are absolutely shit. One win in eleven games. Yeah, 20... and I think it, in them, like more than half of those have been losses. Twenty points. They're now second bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. Still only. Two points from safety, which is fine, but um, it's an awful run they've been on. The fixed list is meant to have cleared up a bit now, um, believe it or not. This is meant to be one of the, the games that was going to bring them back into the fold, but uh, that didn't really work out. They have the worst goal-scoring record in the league as well. God, is that really well, it's it shared with Watford, who scored three past them today, and Newcastle. Uh, we've got we've got 21. Palace have got 20, the same as Bournemouth. Ah, this this title uh, I'm looking at is wrong then, because it says 20. Uh, Almiron's goal yesterday must, must have put us in the clear in that front. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bournemouth have 20, Watford have 20, Palace have 20. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that they play with 10 men, or 10 men plus Dominic Solanke. Yeah. Apparently he was woeful in this game. I, was like, I haven't seen it, but like Twitter was destroying him. I mean, he's, he's, he's having a, a rancid time with them, isn't he? I saw Liverpool fans proclaiming that if Liverpool won the title, it still would not be as good as them getting nineteen million pound for Dominic Solanke. <laughs> yeah, to rob you. Uh, I mean, he makes Josh King look better and better with every game he plays. Like, yeah, it, it's it's got that bad now. Um, for Bournemouth, though, next week they've got Norwich away. Uh, obviously, that's the bottom two going head to head. Oh, lose, if that, lose, is that on Sky? Probably. <laughs> um, if they lose that, oh bloody hell! They're in big trouble. Eddie, aren't they? Eddie Howe. Like, what, what do you do if you're Bournemouth? Because Eddie Howe has taken them through the leagues. He's probably the closest thing they've got to a club legend down there. Um, but they are in free fall, and this is the this, second this, time this happened. This is this is Eddie Howe who is like was wanted by Everton. <laughs> And Arsenal a few weeks ago. I've heard him touted as potential Man United manager. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Do they sack him? Do they? Because they're not yeah. pl- they're not plucky little Bournemouth, are they? They they've spent millions on players. They've got a billionaire Russian owner 
but so I, they aren't really plucky just because they play a shitty tin shed. Yeah, well, exactly. They're, they're not plucky little bro- uh, Bournemouth. And at, at what point, like the chairman may think, well, if we go down, Eddie Howe is our best bet to come back. Is he? Well, who knows? As I say, this is the problem with him. He's never been being tested anywhere other than Bournemouth. Yeah. This brief spell at Burnley was a disaster. So. And to be fair, even if you sack him, it's not like many people are going to turn up and protest at the ground. Not that many <laughs> people turn up for the fucking games. Ah, true. No, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Like, they're not a Premier League club. Um, structurally, anyway, they've um, they spent a fortune to get where they are, which is you know, seen a couple of mid-table finishes. But this has been coming for a while. And they've spent badly. That's the thing. Well, that's it. That's the thing that does Eddie Howe in as as good as he's supposed to be, and his coaching skills are, are lauded and stuff like that. He's his spending record. He's, Harry Redknapp's got a better record in 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 buying players than he has. Yeah, I mean, I really want Chelsea to um, invoke uh, Ake's buyback clause. That'll be funny. Let's see that happen. There's a few clubs in for him, though, if Chelsea don't, aren't there? Because I know Arsenal have been interested, apparently. Well, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I, I think because he's so small, mm. which then again, he might not actually be that small because I remember for ages thinking Joe Hart was tiny. Then I met him and he was a fucking humongous. <laughs> so actually, might not, it might just be that all the other Bournemouth players around him are quite big because I know, obviously, Eddie Howe likes big players because he's got fucking Billings and obviously Francis and Cooker literally look like giants out of Skyrim. Has, um, has Phil Billing ever done anything good on a football field that you've seen? He scored a cracking goal for Huddersfield last season, didn't he? Did sure he did. Sure he scored like a goal from like 40 yards. Yeah. Well, to him it was only about 4 yards, but like, to <laughs> everyone it was 40. Um, no, I don't know. He's, 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 just, he's literally Jefferson Lerma part 2, isn't he? Well, you know my thoughts on Jefferson Lerma. Yeah, so I don't know about Aki. Like, obviously, apparently Wolves are interested, but everyone's waiting to see what Chelsea do. With Aki. So if he leaves, they're, they're, they're doomed. Mm. You know, I'm expecting one-legged David Brooks to come back into that team at some point because they need some creative air. Yeah, they've missed him. I mean, they brought on uh, Sam Surridge today, who is, uh, I assume, a, a graduate of the famous Bournemouth Academy. Wasn't he at Su- um, Swansea? Well, if he was, he's now... Maybe that's why... Is he a striker? Yeah, well, I think so. I'm sure... I'm sure... He was banging goals in the championship at some point. What was he called? Uh, oh, no, no, he has spent time at loan at Weymouth Pool and Yeovil Town. Uh, oh, no, it says Swansea City. Yeah, yeah, so he did he play for Swansea. He scored 4 in 20. Oh, okay. I, remember, I swear I remember people raving about this guy. He was re- oh, yeah, four, four goals in he, 20 games. He was recall, recalled by Bournemouth on the 1st of Jan, so they obviously saw something in him to, uh, to bring him back. Yeah, Arsenal have got a striker who needs some minutes. Uh, like I said, a good down really well on the south coast. Uh, <laughs> I swear I remember hearing people raving. But the only reason I know who he is, I'm definitely not watching Swansea City in the Championship. Did he play for someone last season in the FA Cup? It must have been Swansea, he was there all season. I oh, know he wasn't, he was at Oldham last season. Did Oldham knock out Fulham? And he might have scored two? Oh, might be. He scored 18-15 at Fulham. According to his Wikipedia well, page. Fair. Well, anyway... He might, you know, save Bournemouth season. He's got to be better than Solanke. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, Bournemouth won at Chelsea only a few weeks ago. Like, it's strange, isn't it? How these things work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's well. my... Yeah, so... Yeah, Callum Wilson, what's happened to Callum Wilson? Just We're talking about him going for 50 million. Oh, no, just doesn't... Less than a year ago. He just doesn't score anymore. But 
as I said, they've got Norwich away and then they've got Brighton at home. If they lose both of those, get them relegated. Um, they probably won't, though. Surely, yeah. surely they'll pick up some points against one of those two. You'd think they'd beat Norwich. Yeah. Brighton, I'm not so sure about because they they Brighton are up and down at the minute. Their form's not been great either, has it? But um, that's the thing. They have they, they can surprise you. Like they beat Chelsea. Not I think their their re- most recent win was Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the last win. That's the last win. Yeah, and you know, and that seems like weeks ago. Yeah, I guess it's tough when you play like four games in a week as we do over Christmas. All mm-hmm. these all these uh, games blend into one. That's the thing. I'm looking at the form table now, and there's there's a lot of red dots. Everywhere yeah. from from the top two down, it's just red dots everywhere. So yeah, form over Christmas has has been weird. And it's like they have they've got a lot. Of, well, Bournemouth always have a lot of injuries, don't they? Yeah, no. But then <laughs> you know, yourselves and Crystal Palace are in similar situations, and and they're doing all right. Yeah, I mean Bournemouth could dream of having twenty six points like we have. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Watford unbeaten in six now. Yeah, Watford have. They did draw with fucking. <laughs> Tran- was it Tranmere? Yeah, from three and a up as well. Yeah, three and a last But yeah, what, I mean, Nigel Pearson's done a wonderful job there. Oh, Dave, it hurts my ears. Stop I it. Know, it's horrible, Stop. but it shouldn't work, but it has. Nigel <laughs> um, Pearson. If he became Sheffield United manager, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it won't come to that, but uh, they're probably going to stay up now. Pearson and Deeney, the dream team. Well, that's it, yeah, because like, cause Burnley are just above them. West Ham have lost Fabianski, so they're going to rocket a few places again. But yeah, madness. So that brings us to the, the last game of today then, uh, and the weekend, which was Aston Villa against Man City in one of the most one-sided games <laughs> of Premier League football I've ever seen. I was like, could it be argued that it was just a Man City training ga- yeah. game? Because uh, I left the room and came back, it was 3-0. Yeah, so, so City won 6-1. Um, they were three 0 up after half an hour ish, four uh, 0 at half time. Ground uh, emptied after twenty eight minutes. It did, and uh, obviously Villa managed to get one back in in injury time uh, with a penalty. But uh, Villa looked absolutely awful, devoid of a plan. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, the, <coughs> the drink water effect. Drink water made no difference whatsoever. He... Oh no, I think he made a difference, but oh, unfortunately, difference. he still thought him and Riyad, him and Mahrez were on the same team. <laughs> he gave the ball away badly for um, at least one of the goals, possibly two. Yeah, <clears throat> as well as letting Mahrez just walk through him for the first. Do you think City smelt blood in this one? Because this was the first time in a long time that they've played two strikers. Considering against Man United, they didn't play a single striker on the pitch. Yeah. And then obviously Villa are without their first choice goalkeeper. They've got 38-year-old Pepe Reina about to put pen to paper, sat in the stand watching this massacre. And like, is it Eric Nyland? I think his oh, name is. He's, oh, he's awful, Nyland. He, he just he lets everything in, like any angle. Oh <laughs> yeah, Sergio Aguero found that out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's terrible. Um, Pepe Reina obviously should be an upgrade on him, I would think. Yeah, maybe. Without a striker as well, I mean, I know it's Man City, but Villa were just, they couldn't get up the field whatsoever. I, I would hate to see what would happen to that Villa team if Jack Grealish got an injury. Because oh, well. he's their catalyst, like everything. He was defending, he was 
every time the ball they picked the ball up and moved forwards in midfield, it was him on the ball. He generally looked like he got he could play in that Man City team. Well, he's probably he's probably good enough to get in the squad, isn't he? But uh, even he couldn't uh, couldn't salvage anything to do. Yeah, no, they, they were they were terrible. So there was a moment, I thought it was really funny. There was a moment when Man City were attacking, and Jack Grealish came back and made a tackle on Aguero, yeah. and then Aguero starts shoving him. Now, how doesn't Aguero get a, a booking for that or something? He, he literally shoved him in front of the referee. Yeah, I didn't understand. Uh, that. And, and, and nothing happened and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, as soon as, soon as the third goal went in, <laughs> Villa Park emptied, and I think um, someone on social media was saying. So I was just watching this on my computer with the sound off, but apparently all you could hear at one point was the players shouting against each. <laughs> in a forty thousand seat stadium. Yeah, it was pretty much empty by the end as well. It was uh, a bad day for Villa, who are now eighteenth. Um, they've slipped in as a result of Watford's uh, victory earlier on. Did uh, they even appeal for the penalty that they got? Because well, I kind of just saw, and then suddenly I thought that I remember they showed a replay, and I'm thinking, oh, like, have they tried to forget a penalty out of that? Next one, the ball's on the spot. I was and laugh- I'm like, what? Laughing because. Uh, and it was Trezeguet who got fouled. Like El Ghazi yeah. went, went straight away to get the ball. Obviously keen to get his goal bonus uh, sewn up in time. But uh, oh, such a one-sided game. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it was like, it was like a, a, a training. Day. The thing is, Man City have had two games like this in a row now because the game against Man United oh, God, that was, it was like a walk in the park. That was brutal as well, wasn't it? That's the thing with Man City. Like, they've, they've, got, they've had a, a rough month before Christmas. It's obviously, it's cost them very dearly. Um, since then, their form has been ridiculously good for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, part of, part of football, they've been brilliant. So I suppose from a positive for their point of view is they can really prioritise the Champions League in the second part of the season because they're going to finish in the top four. They're probably almost certainly not going to catch Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, could they go deep in the Champions League? I know that they've obviously drawn Real Madrid, which is a tough tie, but maybe not as tough as it was a few years ago. It's weird with Man City, isn't it? Because... The way they play in the Premier League is not the way they play in Europe. Mm. And I don't know why. And and Pep doesn't have a good pedigree in the Champions League. It's, it's really strange. I saw I saw after the game, they were obviously talking about Aguero, because his, his record, you know, he's the highest scoring overseas player in the Premier League now. Um, and he's got the most hat-tricks in the Premier League and stuff like that. And Steph Houghton, who's like, man, obviously his teammate at Man City, uh, she's the women's captain, even she turned around and she was, and she's obviously on the payroll, and even she turned around and said, well, yeah, but he doesn't play a lot like the Champions League. And I was just like, wow! Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I don't get it with Man City and Champions League. You'd, you'd think that that team would, would destroy Real Madrid because... They still defend quite well, Man City, even though they refuse to play two central defenders for for whatever reason. Still, yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? How they rely on uh, Fernandinho as a centre half these days. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the the weekend. Um, is there anything else you you want to uh, touch on while we're here? Not really. I've already laughed at Glenn Murray, haven't I? Oh, um, yeah. It's a, it's a running theme. Yeah, Danny Drinkwater had a, a, a terrible game. Like, why, why, why is he getting starts in the Premier League? Um, but yeah, no, that, that's about it for me. Oh, well, well um, thanks for joining us, Chris, as ever. A pleasure. Uh, it's been... Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for hosting. It's alright. So I didn't totally wreck this show with my uh, painkiller induced. <laughs> it's been strange doing the old switcheroo, but... Uh... 
It's always a good chat with you, Chris. It is. I, I enjoy my Sunday speaking to you, Dave. <laughs> Unfortunately, we couldn't find anything to talk about during the FA Cup weekend last weekend. <laughs> no, that that got with my son refusing to sleep and being very uh, coffee, shall we say. He um, that, that curtailed our FA Cup plans, but maybe maybe the fourth round will be better in a few weeks. We'll see. Oh, and there's some shit toys in that as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> right, Chris, what's your, uh, where can people find you on whatever you use these days? Oh, I never pimp my socials because people don't want to listen to my moaning. Uh, I'll put my Instagram, uh, xixbluewolfxix. It's better than my Twitter. Fair enough. That's can, not saying much. That's a great selling. <laughs> yeah. Good bit of selling. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter, at manonthepost. Uh, and you can find myself on Twitter at CM9798. Uh, coming soon, uh, myself and Ross are starting Champman on the Post. It'll be a Championship Manager podcast. We are actually recording our first show on Friday with two very special guests, so keep an eye on your feed for that coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, Chris, thank you very much. A pleasure, thank you, sir. And always remember to keep your man on the post.